If you haven't heard already, this podcast has joined the Hype You Media Network. It's a podcast network for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hype You Media, they're launching a membership called Hype University, where coaches like myself will be training weekly on the various pillars of topics within entrepreneurship. So to sign up and get access to monthly courses, exclusive live weekly trainings, and a like-minded community, there's, we'll drop a link in the show notes and you can receive an exclusive discount on the pre-sale before it launches on June 1st. Check it out at hypeumedia.com for more info. Guys, I think it's like a buck a day. What an amazing network. I'm excited to be a part of it. Now let's get to the show. That's like the one thing as an entrepreneur you can control is your consistency and your rate of action. And mm. if you if you keep going harder, the universe will just throw you a bone and say, all right, dude, we, we see you working hard. Let's give you a couple opportunities. Welcome, friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in. Getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. Pumped for today's show. Got my brethren, Connor Hallway on. I'm going to do a quick intro of him. I know him pretty well. We met through a mutual friend, but I've, I've met him a few times. We've connected and I just... I'm inspired by him. He's just a go-getter. He's a hustler. He's from Boston as well. He moved to what he calls the snake pit, Hollywood, uh, to make a movie. And we're going to talk about that. But Connor's someone that has big dreams, that goes, gets after it, chases them, work towards them. And he's one of the best like networkers I know. And so in the month of August on Getting Magnetic, our theme is building community and networking, building your network, building your community. So Connor's one of the best in the game. I wanted to bring him in. But I also wanted to kind of ask him some questions about what he's doing. What I know he has this huge goal of producing a Marvel movie, and he's on his way. He's producing a Dragon movie right now, self-funded, all the things. But Connor, say what up to Getting Magnetic. Getting Magnetic, my brethren. I'm pumped to be here. Wade, thank you for having me, brother. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's let's start with with you, with Connor. Like, who's Connor? Where you come from? Give me kind of your background, your backstory. I know you. You're in Hollywood now, but you came from Boston. How'd you get into the movie scene? All the things. So coincidentally, it was always my goal since I was 16 to make a movie in Boston. That was it. That was like my life's mission. Don't go to New York. Don't go to LA. Stay in Boston. Make a movie in Boston. It's where I'm from. Actually, out out in LA, I say I'm from Boston, but I actually spent most of my time in Cambridge and Lincoln, Massachusetts. Wait, you're from Wayland? Wayland, yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, Lincoln, you're probably like one of just a few people who know Lincoln. Yep. Anyway, that was my goal. Make a movie in Boston. How do we do it? So I started self-producing videos when I was 19 in college, editing, shooting, just figuring it out under the pseudonym Coach Connie. That was the name of the YouTube channel. Wow. Oh, you should see some of those things. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Got to start somewhere. Oh, yeah. No. Yes, you do. <laughs> Long story short. Everything was kind of self-taught. I left school and 
we started a podcast in Boston. I have I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Excuse my language. I don't know if I can swear on this thing. You can, but you can. I did it. My my profanity's been getting out of hand, honestly. <laughs> um, I had no idea what I was doing, but if we always just had this like North Star goal: make a movie in Boston, try to sell at the biggest theater in Boston. And so, just like this, we started a podcast just to meet as many people as we could. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, and I don't know if it was the like similar for you, Wade, but COVID was actually a really good time to focus on your goals. So I was just squandering. Like I was like, you know, we've been doing this for like four or five years now. How are we going to make a movie? What type of action do we have to take? COVID just kind of stopped. So is this out of college? Like you just wanted to make a movie? It was since I was 16. So I started in college. Okay. I was at Providence. How are you making money? Because I know it was not from trying to make a movie. Absolutely not. I was helping facilitate an e-commerce store with a children's author at the time. Okay. Okay. So and you're I was making all- bread on the side, chasing your dreams. And yeah. I, I've never have had the goal of like, let's go make money first and try later. It's always been like, I'm just not smart enough to do that. So it's like, I, I, I can only really have one goal at once. Okay. So that's good. And I, yeah, I've just been a hustler forever. So anyway, just like this, five years, COVID goals, COVID hits, boom. I'd already run like 130, 140 episodes of the podcast. We had thrown some events, but COVID, a lot like what you're doing right now, allowed me to get a few guests that opened the door to more guests. Like, you know, I'm sure you've had one or two guests that really opened up your range of people. Mm-hmm. So I'm like 130 episodes in and I, I knew they weren't doing anything because it was like April 2020. So I emailed Joe Kennedy, the third at the time, mm-hmm. who's like a congressman. He was like yeah. going to run for president. I got him on and then things in Boston kind of started to open up for me. Mm-hmm. I started to meet like everybody just because of this one episode. Yeah. And from there, we used the momentum that we had. to. Now go- you interviewed him. Yep. How did that open up your networking in Boston? Like, did did he connect you with people or were people just listening and reaching out to you? Like, how did that access to one person? How did it open things up for you? I was like real local before that. Like, like everyone in the creative scene knew me because I was the only guy who was like talking to rappers and artists and stuff like that. But what that did is just like you're in sales, cold outreach. I now had the link of me talking to Joe Kennedy the third. Yeah. So then I could go send that to Marty Walsh and Ken Casey from the Dropkick Murphys and uh, Deval Patrick, who was the governor of Massachusetts, probably when you were living there. So that was the one episode. And then I was a little more legitimate, like, okay, now this dude's not just some random dude. He's like very Boston. We would see a movie from him. Yep. All right. So it opened up for you. So then you're four or five years in, you're kind of like, what am I doing? You're, you're 150 into the podcast. Like, where'd you go from there? You're in COVID. You're, you're focused on a goal. What, what's the goal? The goal is go make this damn movie. We have, I had already made the a big, short and You want to sell to the biggest, whatever movie. Not the big, Boston. That was always like the goal. Like, I'm sure you guys talk about visualization on here. I would just obsessively think, what does this theater look like when it's full? What does the movie look like for years without having any basis of that being the truth? Like I would sit in a, my dad's old office had a, like this old ass sauna in it. I would sit in the sauna and just try to obsessively think like, okay, who's in the crowd? Like how many people are there? What are people wearing? So anyway, COVID hits. We, we raise no money to go make this movie. We're just like, all right, we kind of have some money. 
I'm might have 20,000 bucks. Let's just see what we can do. So we shot during COVID. Nothing was happening during COVID. And it took me 18 months in post-production, moving this thing forward every day to make the film. Like it took a long time, dude. And this is something you're not making any money on. You're spending money on. You're just hustling on the side to make money to pay for your life and your bills in some of this movie. No, I moved out of, I moved back in with my mom. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't having any overhead. And I was in this condo, this tiny condo with her in Lexington, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Just, I don't honestly, COVID's kind of a blur, man. Sometimes you got to sacrifice, right? You had the vision, you had the goal. I love it. A few things I'm digesting here is like going out and chasing the money and then trying to do other things after was never the goal. It's like, no, let me go chase what I want to do. Something I've been passionate about since 16. Money will come. I'll figure that out, which is actually a great money mindset and going looking to serve and just make it happen first. And then two, knowing you have to sacrifice along the way, you're like, I want to go make this movie 18 months, pushing it forward every day, knowing you're not going to, you know, make money on this thing, on this passion project, making money on the side, sacrificing, like, you know, you're in your twenties, you're probably an eligible bachelor. And you're like, I got to move in with my mom in this small condo in Lexington, but that's what it takes, right? Like, that's what it takes. Well, to, to well dude, the, the big, I'm sure, you know, like I never had that selfie experience. Mm-hmm. I because I was so this is the movie you mean South Boston like party central and you know like go go work at Fidelity Bank I'm sure that's what like Greg O'Brien was doing work at Fidelity <laughs> then go get smacked at Capo try to make out with like three chicks and yeah, then yeah. a slice of pizza I never had that bro like I sacrificed every Friday Saturday Sunday to just try to make this type of shit happen mm-hmm. I love it I love it I I did have that i did live in southie for a while but i totally see what you mean and that comes back to the sacrifice like he had to sacrifice weekends had to sacrifice kind of his 20s of the typical 20s of partying and drinking and girls and whatever and going out and all the bars i'm sure you've done some of that but for his dream for goals all right so what happens with the movie we make the movie it's a nightmare post-production process what a movie is essentially is it's like a startup like it's a startup you have 18 months to do it. The producer is like the CEO. And then it's like, all right, we have this idea. Let's go do it. Let's make it and then try to distribute it. So I just had never dealt with a lot of the social situations. I, I was leading like a big team for the first time. And here I am like 24, 25 years old. Are you old. paying these people or are they just? Yeah, they're, I mean, I'm not getting paid dick, but yeah. all, these, all these people are making tons of money. Yeah. And I'm just like going for it, just risking it, just hoping something materializes. So anyway, I I learned a ton about producing through that. And I realized I directed that, but I was like, dude, I'm not a director. I'm a producer. Mm -hmm. Like if you were in the movie world, you would be a producer. What's the difference between director and producer? The best way to describe is let's say this is a camera, like you're shooting on a camera. The director makes sure everything looks good on what we're seeing in this frame. The producer pulls all the pieces together so it'd be my job to to put you and sandy in the frame and then also get that lion thing right there and also the smoke alarm yeah yeah okay (laughs) does that make sense yeah yeah all right yeah i would definitely be a producer then not not a director not much the producer's the sales guy dude and the the guy who leads the team the director's the artistic kind of like one you know what i'm saying yeah 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 all right so you get it you learned a lot about production you get it done you get across the finish line and what happens with it which, we, which one was this, by the way? What was it called? Apple Cinema. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's this one right here. Yeah. Um, 
we indeed have, I sell for like two months straight. I was selling $50 tickets to our premiere for September 10th, just posting up in a Starbucks, just like the same shit you saw us do with the Zuvi. Like, you know how you tag everyone and, and yep. you do that too. Did that for two months straight and we sold out that theater and we had a red carpet premiere for the movie. Okay. And I'll tell you something funny, like, <laughs> so dude, I, I'm, I'll be curious to see if you had similar experiences, but you know, you obsess over these things and then they happen. And it's like a really weird feeling when you like actually manifest something that's on your brain, this crazy idea that's in your imagination, you obsess over it, it happens. So I'm here, I'm in the the side during our premiere, it's sold out completely. The movie's playing. I've been thinking about this my whole life. It happens. And I'm crying, bawling my eyes out, right? Oh, love it. And I'm like, damn, this is amazing. And so some guy, everyone was so drunk. Some guy had walked back from the bathroom while I'm in the aisle. And he was like, hey, man, does this movie make any sense to you? Like, he had no idea it was mine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, back to reality. That that's amazing. So what happened? Like, so you felt all the feels. You're like, damn, I just brought to life a vision I had. Like, I had no proof of it, but I could see it in my mind. You brought it to life. Like, did you feel fulfilled there, or were you like, what's my next peak? Like, where'd you go from there? Can I be like super honest on here? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yo, automatic. I'm gonna be getting intimate with some young ladies tonight. Like, I just sold out this theater, bro. Automatic, right? right? There are all these baddies in the crowd. I'm pumped up, you know, a celebration. Everyone goes to the Encore Casino after. Let's get it. Dude, I show up to the Encore, show up to the club feeling like the man, like we just made this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't drink very much. Mm-hmm. Two shots, boom, I was out. Wow. Out. Instead of having a nice romantic experience with some of the beautiful women at our premiere, I ended up walking through the McDonald's drive through. I bought four quarter pounders. Then I fell asleep. <laughs> so that was how the night capped off. That was the celebration. But then you wake up the next day, the, you know, the movies, you know, the stuff, it's kind of already happened. Like, where do you go from there? Like what's next? Our next goal was to get it in a bunch of theaters in Massachusetts. Yeah. which was probably the stupidest thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was like me just thinking of like huge ego. Like it would be, it was always our goal, like sell out that premiere, then getting in a hundred theaters. So I spent all this time put, trying to put the movie into theaters. With in what Mexico. end goal? Like why get it into all the theaters? It was just always the goal. And it was stupid. Make, like money or recognition or like access to bigger things or what? I thought the story would be really exciting for people. Like yeah. Boston made movie. Now it's in theaters all across the state. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but it was stupid. No one was going to the theaters at that time. We had spent all these time, all this time getting it into the theaters and me pitching to theaters individually. Ultimately I did work out a deal with showcase cinemas. I don't know if they had one of those in Wayland. Was there a movie theater in Wayland? Mm, I don't even remember. Honestly, where would you go? Framingham? Yeah. Natick, Natick, or Framingham, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that was an AMC. But anyway, we tried to work out a deal. It ended up getting picked up by a couple of streaming services. And that was the whole chapter. Okay. All right. So let's segue. And we're going to come back to this, but into you're just a guy. I'm like, his network is vast and he knows a lot of people. 
and he's always connecting with people. Like, is that in your blood? Have you had to exercise and train that? Like, how have you built your network? How do you approach networking? How do you have the network that you have? I'm sure you talk about it on the show all the time, but one thing that has helped me immensely is giving first without asking for anything from someone. Okay. I love that. That's the biggest thing. Um, that's going add value. Where'd you learn that? I used to sell concert tickets and I realized after the concerts, nothing would happen because I was selling tickets to people and they felt like it was super transactional. I started getting a lot more done when I was doing free events and people started to like familiarize themselves with me. So anyway, that's the, that's been the biggest like takeaway for me that I know works in the universe is just give way more than you take, dude. And then, and then make sure when you ask that your ask is super calculated. Yep. I like that. Be specific. Okay. So you give first and then specific with the ask. So, but what do you do? Like, where do you find people? Like, do you just go connect with people and figure out how you can add value to them? Like, how have you built this amazing network? Okay. Principle number one, adding value first and not asking. Well, it's the same thing you and I met because of Greg, right? Yep. And then you introduced me to your, your buddy T-Bombs, who I love. T-O-double-Ds. Yeah. And I'm sure I I put you, let me see that dad hat. Did Austin make that? No. 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 Okay. Anyway, but you Aspen didn't. Aspen and Co. Uh, shout out sent this to me. Okay. Got it. Cool. Did you end up doing anything with Austin? Yeah, yeah, I got a bunch of men's retreat shirts done. I, f- I forget a few different things. Nice, okay, yeah, dude's a beast. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's just natural, but it's just like you meet one person and, hey, like this is what I'm trying to do. Do you have any friends that might be interested? Mm-hmm. I, I don't you're know intentional. You go like actively looking to meet people and build your network and you go to see how you can give to them and then you have a specific ask. Hey, this is what I'm doing. Who could you connect me with? I don't even like to ask anyone for anything if I haven't known them for more than six months. Yeah. Um, I, just, okay. I feel like that just totally destroys a relationship. Yeah, yeah. I'm realizing that now. I mean, obviously, we're both still young, but like, I realize why great businesses take a really long time. <laughs> yep, yep. Fuck. And I think that's that's a entrepreneurs, especially in my space, like it's kind of turnkey lifestyle entrepreneurship. And they, you know, you can have fast results, but like people think it's just going to jump off right away. It's like, it'll jump off right away if you've built influence and network and trust and a brand leading up to it. But like, if you haven't, and you're just going out and asking people for things like, yeah, no wonder you're not going to be successful, but building a, a big business and an amazing business takes, yeah, it takes time. It takes building. But in my in what I do in my profession, like if you build that rapport and network and community and influence and whatever brand leading up to starting the business, you can you can you can jump off right away. But like people mistake that they see the the fast track, but they don't see the 10 years prior of like building everything. So yeah, well, dude, another thing that you do a good job at is like uh people also just want to like work with people they like. Yeah. And like, you're a likable dude, like people do not want to work with an asshole. No. So is yeah, that's another thing is like being the type of person and growing into the type of person where people want to be around where people are like, it adds value to me if I'm if I'm around them. And you know, some people are born more outgoing or charismatic or good looking or whatever, different things. But what I've found is, you can also go if you're the type person that that 
works on yourself, that works on personal development. Maybe you're reading the books, you're going to the conferences, you're meeting people, you're in rooms where you're like learning and growing and you're the dumbest person in the room. And you kind of, you can grow into this person where people are like, whoa, they're a go-getter. Like I want to be around them for some reason or another. So I agree in building your network. It's like being the type of person that people want to be around, but being authentic to you. If you're not that, you know, you own the room and you're outgoing and charismatic. If that's not you, don't, you know, it's not fake it. It's be authentic, but like lean into your gifts and and just work on becoming that person that people are like, yep, like that person's going places. Like I, I definitely want to be around them. So I think that's a huge part of it too. So, all right. Walk I, let's, me into- let's also be honest here, Wade. Like you got to be a confident person yep. to be a good networker. Like that's just the truth. And the easiest way to get confident, in my experience, become confident is look at yourself naked and be like, damn, I'm sexy. And I'm sure you do that on the daily, but it's the truth, dude, getting like getting good shape and a lot of the stuff in life will become a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's, you know, it's, it's speaking life over yourself. I think self-confidence too. It's like, what are your disciplines or what are your habits or routines? Like self-discipline. I forget who I heard say that Will Smith maybe is a form of self-love and self-respect and self-confidence. It's like when you know, when you're the type of person, like when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Like that gives you confidence when you're the type of person, like I, whatever it is, disciplines, I eat clean. I'm fit. I'm a great dad. I'm a great husband. I'm a great networker. I'm the best producer in Hollywood, even if it's not true yet. Like whatever it is, like if you can start to match your disciplines, like it's going to build that self-confidence and disciplines compound. They affect other disciplines. You start getting healthy. You feel good. You look better. Start to think higher of yourself. You may have more confidence. You meet the right person. You connect with people. All of a sudden, it just grows and stacks and compounds on each other. But it starts with you, you know, doing what you say you're going to do and and building those self disciplines and whatever that looks like. And hopefully, those are disciplines that move you towards where you want to go. Are you reading the business books? Are you connecting with the right people? Are you doing the right things? But let let me ask you a question about discipline, real quick. Yeah, I have found in my experience that I actually gain the most confidence from showing up on days that it's like, you really want to blow your brains out and not do it. <laughs> yeah. For real. Like, yeah, I'm sure every, and you probably don't want to admit this, but every one in 10 workouts, you want to kill yourself. You're like, yeah, Dude, yeah, fuck am I? I've done this a million times before this is ass, <laughs> but I reflect on workout days like that or, or like hustle days like that, where I'm like, damn, I really showed up when I didn't want to. I'm kind of a beast. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. I, f- I feed off that. I almost, look at it as feel like, oh, this sucks right now. Well, guess what? That Most people would just stop here. They'd go home, whether it's the sales call, the business conversation, the meeting you don't want to do, the workout you don't want to do, whatever it is like, oh, wait, the average typical person would just stop here. They wouldn't keep going. So it almost like find ways to build pain or fuel yourself where it's like, oh, wait, but I'm not average and I don't want to be average. So like, while most people would quit here, like, that's where I'm a start. That's where I'm again. So you almost play these games in your head. Yeah. But you, you realize it's, you know, you learn some from winning, you learn everything from losing or the days that suck or getting your failure or rejection. It's like, there's everything to gain there. And yeah, those days where you're like, I don't want to make the call. I don't want to do the meeting. I don't want to do the workout. Like that's maybe the most important day. Cause that's what separates you. I heard, forget who said this. They're like extraordinary is just doing the ordinary extra. Just mm-hmm. doing more. It just keep on going. When most people 
would stop or quit or fail. Like you just, you just keep rolling. Success is a few exits down from, from failure. You just keep going. So with you, let's actually go on that, that path, you know, this Apple cinema, like you, you visualize it, you reach your dream, but it wasn't what you thought it would necessarily be in a hundred theaters and all the things, but you kept going. Talk to me about like today, what are you doing today? And what is, what like big dream, what big vision are you chasing? I don't know if you felt this way, but after you hit a big goal, it's like, honestly, like the most depressing time in your life. <laughs> it is, dude. Yeah. I was so depressed for like a month. I was like, dude, I, this is all I've ever like wanted to happen. And it happened. Like, what the fuck do I do now? Mm -hmm. So anyway, I started training ultra marathons after that, essentially. I was like, where do I put all this mania? God, broke my legs in the desert, got that whole thing done. And then I was like, all right, go like Connor, you could stay in so Boston. Connor did an ultra marathon in the desert, in the heat, which is a hundred, was it a hundred miles? I did. A, yeah. And I'd done some fifties before that too. It wasn't like I just jumped into that. Like it yeah, was a hundred mile race running in the heat, in the desert. Yeah. You're due and for one of those, dude. Like you'll, the, you'll, you'll do something like that. I'm so scared because I've done an Ironman, like with bike, swim, run. And I, I do not like long distance running. It's just boring to me. I don't like it. It's bad for your joints, all the things. And I'm like, man, I really hope I never want to do an ultra. But I know there's this little thing inside me. that's like the fact that you despise it and don't want to do it so bad. Like you got to do it. And I'm like, no. And I keep trying to just push it down. I'm not going to do it anytime soon, but I'm scared of ultra marathon running well dude pin, like all those guys out there who do it are like 45 so that might be a natural progression well, for you. perfect perfect kids will be a little older yeah all the things yeah um so and, ultra marathon that picture by the way so once you stopped i saw that picture your eyes roll in the back of your head you're fainting water's pouring over your head yeah your legs are all jacked up <laughs> how did you feel when you finished the ultra did it did you have that fulfillment like i've now channeled it into ultras and i just did one like what what happened no, bro, I spoke with the Grim Reaper. Yeah, you almost it was died. game over. Yeah. I thought I thought that was the end of me. No more Irish Herc, dude. It's over. Oh man, guys, our size are not out there normally doing it. Yeah, I hit every dude out there by like forty or fifty pounds. <laughs> I thought I was gonna die multiple times. Truthfully, everyone actually like was all glory. I and they're like, you know, when the sun comes up, it's gonna get easier. It's like yeah. no, only got harder. I felt like I was gonna die. Yeah. I got like second to last place in that race. Um, instantly sat, finished, sat down, boom, out in the hospital, got diagnosed with rhabdomyolysis, mm -hmm. which is like excessive skeletal muscle tissue breakdown. Your kidney yeah. can't flush it out. So it just gives you, you're all fucked up. Yeah. I was just like a huge clown after that, dude. Like I was walking around with Crocs on for like three weeks and <laughs> I looked terrible. I couldn't even shave. I had my mom putting on my deodorant for me. It was like oh. disgraceful, honestly. Oh. <laughs> She's an idiot. Was that a low or how did you feel in that time? No, that shit makes me feel like a beast for sure. Yeah. You Meaning know, after the fact, was it a low? So you just completed this other vision. Like, are you depressed again? Like, I know your body's all fucked up, but I, I'm, I think similar to you, you always think like, what's next yeah. in this whole thing in my life. And I'm like, damn, the next thing I have to do is going to have to make 150 miles. So oh. maybe I have to put that in the back burner for right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The big rate, like the big races are the, the bad water. 135 is like the super bowl of ultra running. Mm -hmm. um 
you might have if you've seen david goggins and stuff david goggins like, yeah yeah that's the race he refers to a lot and actually coincidentally to the snake pit events the guy who organizes those races shows up damn yeah he's a lunatic too a great guy all right how'd you get to where you are now which you're you're in hollywood you throw these snake pit events, you call Hollywood the snake pit. I love it. We should touch on, on why that, but you, you throw these events, you kind of build community there where people love going to your events and you just self-funded this movie. Like what progress us into like where, where you are today. Well, one, thank you for your donation to the movie. <laughs> I think I gave like a hundred or 200 bucks. Yeah. But all that shit added up, dude. It all counts. Yeah. Yeah. My goal Similar to as we've been talking about since I was 16, make the movie in Boston has also the bigger goal was be in a Marvel movie, produce a Marvel movie. So every year I try to map my goals a little closer to that. The big jump for me was like, all right, Connor, you cannot go make another movie like that in Boston. You have to go to L.A. Like that's just the natural progression. So I drove across the country with the goal. this? This was April 2022. Okay. Drove across the country. So, fuck, this is scary, but this is exciting. Let's do it. That's, I think you and I probably met like a couple months after I'd moved out. Yep. And uh, that is like my North Star goal in my life. Never had a goal like I want to run, I want to go have a $500 million business a year. Never had the goal like I want to go own a mansion somewhere, even though I do have a dream house up in the Hollywood Hills. But that's always been the goal. Like, get in the Marvel movie, produce the Marvel movie. So I try to get my goals closer every year. I did realize when I came out here, damn, I have years of hustling. I'm not like, I'm just coming out here, just like winging it. I'm, I'm a fucking bona fide hustler. I know I can produce another one. I just need to get enough momentum on my side out here. That's been the biggest theme all year of getting this movie off the ground is momentum. And I'm sure that's stuff that your audience talks about a lot. That's like the one thing as an entrepreneur you can control is your consistency and your rate of action. And if you if you keep going harder, the universe will just throw you a bone and say, all right, dude, we, we see you working hard. Let's give you a couple opportunities. Heck yes, dude. Okay, this is perfect. So you move out to Hollywood, the snake pit, and you drive across the country. It's scary. You pick up your life from Boston. I did the same. I didn't move to Hollywood, but I moved to Orange County. You know, you, you know almost no one. You got to build, you got to build out there. You got to build network, build community, build everything. And so you realize you had years of hustling ahead of you. What'd you do? Like now you've, you now, you know, fast forward and we'll get there, but you're self-funding or you you crowdfunded, not self-funding, crowdfunded this movie or producing it. What, what did you go do? What were the things you're like, I need to go do this. Like, I know the North Marvel movie and the next. the, The network marketing here. First step is, dude, you can't get anything done if you don't know people. You have to know tons of people like you do. So for like for two months out here, first goals were, okay, I got enough bread to hustle right now. Let me go try to meet five new people a day. Mm-hmm. Five new people a day. It doesn't matter if it's like the CEO of Netflix. I'm not even looking for people like that. Just talk to the person at Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Go talk to the dude who's pumping your gas. And then just start developing a group of people you can know at a certain point, I think two or three months in of doing that, I realized, okay, I know enough people now to start getting people to go would to you get their numbers. Like, how would you say? Yeah, I, I wouldn't force it, but it's like, if yeah. we got along, like, Hey dude, like, sure. 
Cool. Also, the big thing was the podcast, which is what you're doing right now. Podcast is the best networking tool of all time, dude. Yeah. Because it's very easy. It's, it's a lot harder to say, hey, dude, can we talk for 20 minutes on the phone about my business and my goals with the business you're running? As opposed to, hey, dude, why don't you come to my show and talk about yourself for an hour? Who doesn't want to talk about themselves, yeah, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's genius. So we had a podcast right away. We had, we had already had that base in Boston of like good guests. So we started getting directors on our show. And then I think our first party was la- this time last year. We just started throwing parties of all the people we knew. Just said, all right, let's try to get as many people here as possible. Let's like deliver a good time for them. So we had thrown three big parties last year, the Zuvies. I didn't feel very focused in the entertainment industry. Cause our goal was to make a movie. So I was like, fuck, we have to pivot and like just have entertainment people. So the consistency of our events has led to all the momentum mm-hmm. free event invite only once every two weeks, work out a deal with the venue where you're getting a piece of the bar. So you're making money and then start curating your crowd that way. And at, you haven't been to an event Wade, but we have one tonight. I'm manic at the events, mm-hmm. introducing people. Cause yeah. I, cause that's the only reason people want to go to the events is so they can meet people. So I literally will like overdose on caffeine. And like, if you were to come to an event with Sandy, I'd say, all right, Wade needs to go meet this dude. Who's running this hundred million dollar construction company. Cause that's the person in his demo. I will make sure you leave meeting someone. And then if you're the, the dude connecting people, which you do, people really love that shit. Like, yeah. which I, you, someone just, I realized after this, after we get off, I need to connect you with someone. Coach Neil, he was one of my business coaches. He's also just an insane connector of people. And I feel like he probably knows people in your realm. He's in Newport Beach. But anyways, that will be another connection. But okay, so you're just connecting people. You're throwing zoovies. You're throwing events. You're throwing parties. You realize I'm building my network. Okay, I got to focus. I got to be entertainment industry. I got to move towards this next movie. It's not the Marvel one, but it's like that step closer. So when did you start pivoting towards entertainment, towards movie? Where, when did the the dragon movie idea like pop in your head and how'd you bring it to life? When it comes to filmmaking, everyone will do some easy soft shit. And it's no hate to anyone. Making a movie is really hard, but like horror, comedy, drama, really easy to shoot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, if Marvel is my goal, we're going to have to try to take on like a big production challenge that nobody takes on, mm-hmm. which is heavy VFX and dragons. Like yeah. that was always effects is what again? It's like um it's visual effects. It's like yeah, uh okay, okay. What was the last movie you saw? I don't know. Probably some rom com with the family. Okay. Well, easy to produce. It, yeah, it's easy, dude. Movies are really hard to produce, but like yeah, yeah. easier. Relative um, on the scale, yep. Because right, you so, know, so you the should... dragon movie. So be so you're like, I gotta climb this mountain and I gotta make it a big ass mountain, dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's as a producer, I want the skill set that I I have an understanding of producing the hard shit, not just some easy stuff. I'll be honest with those dudes who make Hallmark movies make a bag. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see honestly when you're like forty and like you have fifteen kids, you wanted to produce some Hallmark movies, maybe. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a movie producer. I'll no, I do, Wade. I'm, I'm telling you, you might totally cake up on on the business you're running and be like, oh, I'm kind of bored. You might want to get into it. I could see you liking it a lot. Okay, okay. Well, first, I'll if you ever need like a super jacked, like tan dad, like real handsome, rugged 
you know, CrossFit type guy in your movies, I'm your guy. I'll start there and then we'll go into producing. I told you, if I get the full budget, well, I'll do the casting call and we'll slice your head off in the movie. Yeah, hell yeah. And then, oh, what I'm super excited. I'm, I forgot about this. I know you're going after some big fish to be in the movie, but let's keep going. So dragon movies, really hard to produce. You're like, I got to slay that dragon. I got to climb that mountain. And then you realize, holy shit, I got to fund this. Like, how much does it cost to do that? Like, how do you how do you make that happen? There's so many team team that goes into creating a movie like that. Like, what was the next step? I don't think anyone was going to give us a handout because I've never had one of those. Um, so it's like, all right, how do we do this on our own? And just like put all of our time and effort into it and just focus solely on that. So we just we started the Kickstarter initial goal of getting 60 bands in my mind i was like okay i know some marketing techniques but i think in my mind i could i could get at least close to 30 just by just asking people uh, people i know who got some money and then um i mean you saw like we just got crazy momentum online mm -hmm. and people start doing the shout outs people start getting really excited about the shout outs and then little donations here 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 fifty dollars a hundred dollars then boom you'll get like a five thousand then boom you'll get a ten thousand mm -hmm. and what i realized from that because i know you have a lot of business people on here when you're crowdfunding i thought all of these crazy marketing weapons i was doing like billboards on sunset boulevard Lindsay lohan shout out i thought that's what was going to excite people people actually got excited about the sole number total number of money raised on the kickstarter getting higher and higher mm -hmm. so if you're going to crowdfund solely focus on that because that's what people get pumped about yeah and the lesson there is yeah people want to be a part of something even if they gave a hundred bucks they're like i'm a part of like and they also love seeing people get, get after and go for something that's unusual because most people don't do it so they're like damn connor's trying to raise 60k crowdfund on his own to produce his own friggin' dragon movie they're like that's cool i don't know anyone trying to do that let me kick in 50 100 200 some people 5000 10000 whatever it is and they love being a part of it and they're like damn and then you know you shout them out you're like you know when i donate you're like my man wade whatever whatever you said and you shared on social media you know what i said i said viral i said uh i think i said denver zeus or something like that <laughs> yeah something like that but and then people feel like a part of it and they feel acknowledged and seen even if they donate 50 bucks and and you do a really good job of that even the you know even when you're throwing the events like when they were smaller you're like look at the people coming here's the guest list and all the things and you make people feel special and seen and then they feel like they're a part of something whether it's an event a zoovie a snake pit event or you know funding the movie which is really cool they're like damn i'm helping someone bring this dream to life like it's pretty awesome and so all right you raise 60k crowdfunding by the way i take some credit in like planting that idea in your brain but anyways we'll go from there and now you got to produce it right now you're in production we're shooting in two weeks shooting in two weeks and i know you like talk to me a little bit about you might not want to share it all but like i know you're going after some big fish actors like how do you even do that on a 60k budget like what 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 were you doing there we landed one no way for free <laughs> I can't, I cannot tell you specifics on this thing. Is, is he because of the contracts? Say it again. I, he's not who you're thinking. Time. He's not who you're thinking in your brain, but you know, okay. who he is for okay. sure. Um, Miles Teller slaying some dragons. It's not Miles Teller. 
I underestimated how much the shit was going to cost. So truthfully, yeah. dude, like it, it is, we're like right at our budget um, yeah. because of the genre. Yeah. You could go make a, a, dra- a drama pretty easily, but because it's a, very, a lot of computer stuff, a lot of post-production, it's more expensive. But what I've realized Are is- Are you paying this, this actor, by the way, that I know? I can't tell you that on here. Okay, okay. Uh, that's, you, that's insane to me if that fits into a 60. I, I, I'll tell you all the specifics after the movie's done. I just don't want it to yeah, yeah, yeah. Got go it, back. Got it, got it. Um, anyway, we have 50 people, as we speak, working on this movie right now. So that's where all the money goes. You have to develop a massive team to go make something like this. And it is a really weird, because again, this is like a, a self-help and personal development podcast. Um, self-help is the funniest term. I don't okay. do any self-help. All personal right. development, I like better. Well, I think self-help. You just told people to get off their ass and go work out, right? Yeah, but like self-help. Like I'm helping myself. I need help. Like, no, I'm personally developing. I'm where I'm at. And I'm going to keep growing. Let's go. You should call this the Iron Forged Podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So you, you can only listen to this podcast if you have a six pack. I don't understand how 60K gets dispersed to 50 people. That's like a week of work. That That's all we're shooting is the proof of concept. So that's probably... Wow. So we're shooting the the twelve minute project to show our dragons work. This mm-hmm. is how it works. You do that. You develop your piece of marketing. You attach your stars, and then you go for multi million dollar investment. Got it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it's like the pilot or the initial, the teaser to be like, hey, let's go produce this. Who's in? Or hey, look what these kids did on their own with nothing. Imagine yeah. if we get a little more money, what they could pull off. Right, now I'll right. tell you on the business end. We're showing that we can produce dragons on a very low budget. Studios would love to see some shit like this because normally it costs them a hundred million dollars to go do something mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay, that's cool. So you're trailblazing a bit. All right. Where can people like let's wrap it up here? Like, I love your story. I love your hustle. I love staying connected with you. I got a few people in mind I got to connect you with. Um, but people are gonna want are gonna hear this, are gonna want to follow along the journey. This will probably air towards the end of August. And where can we find you and follow along in the journey? When can we expect to like see some level of dragons? Like, give me the deets. Deets. I just said deets. Give me the details. I wouldn't want to say thank you for having me on here again. Yeah. I appreciate it. I think one thing people don't necessarily see when you're really active on social media is like the amount of effort it takes to be as consistent as you have been. So I know there are days where you don't want to pick up your fucking phone and try to entertain people and get them pumped. And so that, that's like what I have real respect for. It's a truth, dude. You probably some days are just like, fuck this. I don't yeah, want to do all this and be sure. the positive, but I have to be. This is my job. I'm trying to do good for people. So you're the man for that, dude. Um, I, uh, I think we should be done at the very latest December. And then we're yeah. going to have a big launch party in LA. And um, if you just follow me on my Instagram, Connor Hallway, I post updates every day and I'm going to try yeah. to give away as much as I can without giving away too much in the movie. Of the yeah, movie. really good follow. I'm going to drop his link in the show notes because following along, seeing someone chase this massive vision, producing a Marvel movie starring in it, like is really fun to follow. Connor's just, you know, he's funny, but like what you also realize, like I've picked up some marketing. He's He has a sharp brain for bringing things to life. Like I watched Connor, I picked up some like marketing tips from him and he's not there like, hey, here's three marketing tips to blah, blah, blah. He's just doing his thing. But by watching him, I'm like, 
ooh, I'm attracted to this. Like I got to do this too, like type thing, what he's doing. And it becomes infectious. And so when you're passionate about something, it's infectious. And so all of a sudden you, your network, your community, your following, your everything is like, some of the people are gonna be like, I want to get involved in that. And so I wanted to, let's find a way to drop some sort of donation link in the show notes. So people can be like, I want to be a part of bringing this dragon movie to life. I've invested in the story. We'll figure that out too. But dude, I appreciate you coming on, chopping it up with me. I love to see what you're doing. I'm, I'm proud of you too. Like watching you, you know, do your thing. I think not a lot of people in life will set a huge dream and like do what, whatever it takes to get after. And you're one of those few people in my life that I see doing that on the day-to-day basis. So it's been, it's been epic to be, to see and kind of get a a seat where I get to watch you kind of do it and unfold. All right. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for your time sharing your story. It's going to inspire a lot of people. I'll drop everything in the show notes. Go follow Connor, at least follow along on his journey. It's so inspiring to see. I appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day, brother. All right. Thank you, man. Peace. Peace. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic.